Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross. He's a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer. We thank Higher Echelon for sponsoring this podcast. This is our recap of the overtime. Brendan, we're calling it a air quotes thriller at Mikey yeah, Stadium thriller. today. Um, 41-38. Uh, Army falls to UTSA. It's um, Army goes to 0-2 for the first time since 2015. They lose a home opener for the first time since 2015, I believe, too. Um, they had won six straight home openers. And this was a game right um, – first, before we get to the recap, check out our Black Knight Nation website. I'm, I just wrote the recap of the game. I'm going to put it up after the podcast. Um we're going to have um, – we have a lot of photos from Ed Diller and Lynn Fern who were at the game. Um, check out our Instagram. I put up some Instagram uh, – some pregame videos on our Instagram and also our Twitter accounts. And give us a follow here or subscribe. You subscribe on YouTube. My bad. Subscribe. Like this video. We're at 495 subscribers here on YouTube. If we can make a 500, that will make my weekend. So um, – uh, Let's review. Let's review. Brendan here. Brendan in Jersey here with me to review the game. Uh, Brendan was also at the game. Um, we were both there to see this game. Um, a game that Army, I thought Brendan had this game in hand 28 28 14 after their first drive of the second half. Even in the press box um, at halftime, I'm like, it was 21 14, right? And the game should have been. Well, the hypothetical is 21 nothing because Army gave UTSA 14 points. GIF wrapped them 14 points in that first half. Um, that muffed, that punt that went off the leg of Tyrell Robinson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, UTSA recovers at the one. You might as well hand them a touchdown there. They thought they might have even recovered it in the end zone for a touchdown. I think they were reviewing that. And then an interception by Aaron Bibbins. That's taken away because Army has 12 men on the field. Um, and then next play, Frank Harris, touchdown pass, twenty on uh, third and 20, touchdown pass, and that gets them they, – they gave they, – they kept UTSA in this game and gave them life in the first half because UTSA was not doing much on offense at all. You know, Frank Harris was overthrowing, overthrowing receivers. He had a couple open guys for touchdowns. They were getting to the quarterback. Army was getting to the quarterback in the first half. And then the second half was a totally different story. And um, I don't know. What are, what are your opening thoughts on this game? Uh, well, first of all, it, it certainly wasn't the most well-attended uh, game yeah. in Mikey Stadium history, which honestly I can understand because uh, baking in the sun for four hours isn't exactly my idea of a good time. But, uh, yeah, you know, it – as they say, football is a team game and every unit had moments that made you cheer and every unit had moments that made you tear your hair out. Um, you know, the first, the first, uh, the first quarter, it was very, you know, it was very punch counterpunch. And then the second quarter, you kind of felt like, you kind of felt like army maybe finally had their mojo back. Um, especially, you know, looking like they did last week. And then to start the third quarter with, uh, you know, basically a, a nine-minute touchdown drive, it was like, okay, wow, Army's back. They're up 28-14. Uh, they're going to ride this game out. And, you know, last week, the, 
my one of my thoughts was, well, you know, the, yeah, the defense gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points, but uh, they were also, you know, they didn't get helped out by the offense very much. The offense didn't do a great job holding on the ball. Not an issue this week. Army absolutely won time of possession. Yeah. But basically from the end of the second quarter on, Army got no stops. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, except for the field goal attempt that, you know, if that if that doesn't go wide, that uh, that ends the game for the opposition. True. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it. The, I think this defense is officially a liability until they prove to me otherwise. Um, you know, uh, uh, like Andre Carter, he may he end up getting some more postseason recognition, but if the rest of the unit is not up to snuff. It's not going to matter for uh, for the win column, and uh, I, you know we we said we said in our season preview like this team could start zero and two and still have a special season. So you know, don't exactly push the panic button. But I'm kind of I, I've definitely got my finger on the button mm. because I'm worried. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened, but it 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 seems to me. My biggest concern right now is that the team as a whole, the program as a whole, has somehow lost its identity because they have not they, – they barely rushed for 200 yards last week, and they – Didn't make uh, it this week. They, they didn't make it this week either. And uh, if you're – when you can't establish the fullback – and I don't I, I don't even know if J- uh, Jacoby Buchanan is fully healthy. It looked like today, based on the way he played, that maybe he might be nicked up. I don't know, but um, – you know, when you when you when your bread and butter up the middle is not working, um, that's that's uh, that's very concerning to me. Probably yeah. a good time. I mean, I don't I don't expect next week's game to be easy against Villanova, but uh, I would imagine that the talent level compared to UTSA and uh, Coastal is you know uh, pretty significant. You know, it's, it's a pretty significant difference. So hopefully. This will be a good week, basically like a live fire scrimmage to where it's like, hey, like this is what it looks like when things are actually going right. And then they have a buy after that. Um, it, yeah, it's a good it's, it's probably a good opportunity for them to uh, to work on themselves. But man, uh, yeah, not not, you know, I, I predicted a nine and four record for this season uh, in, our, in our preseason preview. I don't feel great about that right now, yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I was talking to somebody on the sidelines before the game about the fullbacks, right? And we were trying to go back to when Army was rotating five guys in, right? You had Wolfolk, you had Davidson, yeah. you had Holt, you had uh, Slomka, you had McCoy. Sandy McCoy was number five fullback at one time in this offense, you know? And now they just don't have the confidence to bring in – their, you know, uh, talking to somebody today – um, you have Buchanan and you have Riley. Those are the only guys that took snaps at fullback in the first two games, right? You you really missed the Anthony Atkins factor in these in with with this team, right? Atkins was a guy that can break some tackles up the middle, can bust open those big runs at fullback. He's no longer with this team, and it's like they don't have that guy, and they don't have confidence to play anybody else but these two guys. And th- like you said, maybe both both of them. Well, we know Tyson Riley was banged up in the preseason, and now. Is Jacoby Buchanan banged up at fullback? What are they gonna what are they gonna do there? I mean, at, at some point they gotta play somebody else there, I would think, you know. And man, um 
they, they they still try the bread and butter. They still try to have the bread and butter be the fullbacks, but when it's just not working there, did the slotbacks touch the ball enough today? Um, Robinson got his hands on the ball a little bit. I wish Ishawn Marshall did a little bit more because when Ishawn Marshall touched the ball, I think it was a touchdown and a first down through the air. Um, I don't know. I just I look at some of the things that happen on offense, and here's the thing, Brendan. They're playing. These two first two games have been very physical against Coastal Carolina and UTSA. These are teams that are have have a lot of depth, right? Coastal Carolina, they play a fast pace. Coastal did, and UTSA like to play a little hurry up on offense today. Oh yeah, the offense, uh, the injuries are mounting on this team. They didn't have Booby Law today at tackle. Simon Dellinger, who replaced Booby Law in the starting lineup in the first game, wasn't really one hundred percent, so he didn't play. Then um, Shane Buckingham, the other the number three ta- best tackle, he went down, didn't play in the second half. Um, the corners, no Cam Jones today, no Isaiah Morris today. Freshman Donovan Platt got the start, and he's holding his own to a point out there, but it's a second college game. You know, yeah. so the injuries are mounting here. Uh, Markel Broughton did not play in the second quarter much. Aaron Bibbins was in the game. Broughton was in and out of the game, and I thought – Tyre Tyler might have been banged up because Kate Ballard was getting a run, but I guess it was just the way that the game flow went and what UTSA was daring Army to throw the ball. They were going to put 11 guys, you know, within five yards of the line and say, okay, no fullback, no pitch play, forget about. Um, pitch play was there a couple times and it wasn't pitched. And could that have been a game? Maybe, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just. Let's welcome uh, Steve Anderson in here. We have Steve Anderson back uh, to join the conversation. Uh, Steve, I'm just talking about the offense, of course, and I, you know how much I love, uh, you know, when Army doesn't get the job done and uh, wins games, I'm kind of a little hard on the offense sometimes. But um, maybe we can get your your point of view uh, of the game, like just your quick um, quick thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we just had some unfortunate uh, some unfortunate luck there in the fourth quarter, man. Uh, you know, when when you lose your quarterback as well as he was playing all game, and you know, you, it just kind of seemed like we lost some momentum there. I did, really didn't feel like there the game was ever out of control, um, or that there's ever a point that I felt like, oh man, we're we're losing this thing. Um, I just I just felt like in that fourth quarter, it was like the, you know, with, with um, the quarterback going down, it just kind of, kind of felt like something we lost, lost the momentum. Um, But, you know, I just, you know, I I was losing my mind in the coin toss when, you know, they said they wanted the ball and the referee helped them out and was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what you mean. Which side do you want to defend? It's like, hold up, man. Like, this is a grown man. Like, he made a decision. You guys, did you guys hear that at all, or, or am I crazy, dude? That was a weird, right? Because, for, Brendan, from what I I was told, and I wasn't keeping a good eye on it, when the referee flipped the coin the first time, it never hit the ground. It like landed on his shoulder or something like that. So he had to reflip the coin, and then there was a, a army uh, a jet flew, flew across during the coin toss, so you couldn't really hear what the referee was saying after that second coin. It was a it was very confusing that overtime coin flip. I don't know. Did, did you get the gist of that? I, I don't know. That was that was all. Be- I was I was up in the nosebleeds, so it was hard to get a read on that. And I mean, I I was listening to the game, and I had my my AirPods on and everything, and it like 
Yeah, they messed up. They hit the kid's helmet and it landed on like it landed somewhere where they couldn't do the coin toss. So they re-flipped it. UTSA won. UTSA said they wanted to defend or they wanted the ball. And then Broughton was like, Yeah, 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 we'll 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 go ahead and defend this way. And then the referee was like, No, 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 hey, let me do this. Like told Broughton to kind of shush it yeah. a little bit. Told Broughton to shush it, let me do this, and then kind of walked the UTSA captain through the whole like, hey, yeah. this is what you should be calling here. So that just really pissed me off. But that, hey, hey, Steve, real quick, that's, that's very strange. Yeah, yeah it, real it was, quick, I was losing my mind. They were they played overtime last week, so it's not like these triple. captains. Yeah, triple. they played triple overtime last week, so it's not like it was anything new to the UTSA guy, right? I mean, no. he he do the drill, so to speak. They do, yeah. you know. We kind of did like a rotating senior captain kind of deal but you're you're sending out your dude that knows what the coach wants at that coin flip so but i mean that's just a small part uh it's obviously not why you know army lost um you know i you know you can you can be mad at the offense all you want Sal. 40 you know 38 points is is pretty good in my book yeah yeah i i should you know? I, I i'm just saying that we brendan was talking about his concerns uh for the defense now um what are you seeing out there steve um defensively look look and i i always forget that coastal carolina was ranked last year and utsa went to the wire with houston who's a very talented football team this year so these let's not let's not chalk these two teams up as as like should have been wins um you know like automatic automatic wins no um and i was i was just shocked at how um how athletic UTSA's offense was compared to how athletic our defense is. Mm. Um, there was a bunch of, um, you know, basically light coverage slant routes that I thought we would be up, um, you know, basically a little in, in certain situations, we'd be kind of man pressure on there. Um, but again, you know, like, you know, at, you know, I can sit here and say I was watching a game and what I would have called, but those guys know, all the analytics of what UTSA runs. So, um, you know, it, it it just, for me, you know, and, and I don't, I don't know if there's any word on Broughton. I I just, I just hope to God that guy is, you know, he's walking around, he's feeling good and he's ready to play next week because losing him will be, will be a huge hit to our defense. He he was, he played his tail off in the first quarter. I think he had three pass defenses. He was all over the field and then, Second quarter, he he did not play much. Um, let me ask you this, Steve. I have a question for you on defense, right? When they're running those inside slant routes, you play linebacker, right? I'm just a, I'm just a, um, a journalist here. I'm not I'm not a player. I never not gonna uh, parade myself around as a player. But wouldn't you sit like a linebacker, maybe five to seven yards back, and be in that kind of passing zone lane? Like, well- like it, what what I saw was a lot of double slants. They were running a lot of double slant routes. So okay. the slot guy would take the, the slot guy is where the running back or where the middle linebacker would be. Yeah, absolutely. And then the second guy is where kind of like where the free safety is. But if you're not running a, a kind of like a, a low hole, high hole or or a man free where your middle linebacker kind of watches the eyes. We did a lot of that when I played where me and Donovan Travis basically just watch quarterback's eyes. We played man mm-hmm. and we had two guys that were free in the middle that kind of just kind of watched wherever the quarterback looked, that's where we were going to go. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs of this defensive scheme. And, you know, you, you can get caught in defenses in, in zones, right? You got to you gotta get to a zone or, or the, you know. Uh, what I noticed a lot on the slants was a guy would run a slant and then when he caught it, he wouldn't, like, you know, cut straight up the field. He would continue to cut back and cut back and guys were over-pursuing, um, which, you know, again – you know, we're talking a handful of plays out of I think I think UTSA had like what seventy five plays or or eighty. I have to look at that, man. If that's the case, wow. I I, I think you're probably close. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure they had about seventy five plays today, um, which that's exhausting for a defense. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, our defense is usually watching our offense get seventy five oh. plays. So eighty one. 81 yeah. plays. I, I I thought it was up there. I figured it was up there. <laughs> Army had 72, but 81 plays. So that's 151 plays for the defense in the last in the first two games. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, yeah well, you, you're usually not um, you know in good position when you're playing that many plays on defense. I remember, shoot, I remember my it was like my freshman or sophomore year. And I think my sophomore year was the last time Army's been 0-2. That's how long it's been. Uh, I think 2008 was the last I, time. They were in 15, 2015. Oh, they, they were? were? Yeah. yeah 15, they, were they started out 0-3. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought I read a stat today that was that it was uh, 2008. Well, anyway, we were 0-2 after our first two games, and we had played something like 100 and, 170 plays or something like that after our first two games. Hmm. Um, I remember my freshman year at Boston College, we played 98 plays. It was what? like, it was a ridiculous, a ridiculous number. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, man, I, to be honest, I'm just super surprised at how athletic UTSA's offense was compared to how athletic our defense is. Yeah, I think that too on defense, right? And Brendan, we saw this today. And see, we saw this. They're shuffling guys in and out. I mean, we must have played like three or four different linebacker combinations. Um, the defensive line, they're keep trying to keep the defensive line fresh. They're going sometimes they're playing with six DBs. And I mean, they're they're getting a lot of guys in, but that Steve, when you have 12 guys on the field, right? And the rules are changing now that now if the offense subs, the defense gets a chance to sub two. And but how do you get caught with 12 players on the field, right? And and it, you have it's, they it's, haven't dude, they haven't had a turnover on defense yet this year, right? And that was their opportunity to get that one turnover and slow and take complete momentum of that first half. And 12 men on the field erases it, man. How how does that happen? Uh it's 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 pretty easy if if uh one guy hears, you know, there's eleven personnel in and you have a certain package for it and another coach is calling twelve personnel or, or fourteen personnel, right? Like if you if you think you're in your in your base defense, but you're in your nickel defense, right? Mm. And, and two guys here, you know, your DBs and linemen aren't right next to each other. Um it, it's very easy. Um it's just frustrating because as you said that was a huge play. Um, and then, you know, they, you know, right after that happened, they, you know, they got seven out of it. So man, I, I tell you that Frank Harris, man, first half, he, he can't, I don't think he can complete a pass to me or you, you know, he's just, he's got guys wide open in the end zone and he's sailing the ball all over the place. Then he gets that, that, 
pass, that third and 20 that went for a touchdown after the interception got taken away, I think that gave him a lot of confidence because he put that – that was like – Brendan, we were talking about that. That's a that's a big-time throw there. It was against freshman corner Donovan Platt, but he put it perfectly in the receiver's hands. I mean, there was no diving there at all, and that seemed to get him a little bit going. Yeah, he was he was like NBA Jam on fire from that point on. Well, I was a little surprised to see um, so many empty seats in the stadium. You know, for our first home yeah. game of the yeah. year, it did not it did not seem like we had a big turnout today um, for for the twelfth man. Yeah, you know what, too? Brendan and I were talking about this. I was sitting in the second half. I was sitting on the reservoir side of, of the stadium. And there was usually the home, the way fans are behind the goalposts there um, on the south side, I believe. And But there was a large group of UTSA fans sitting on the reservoir side, of, on the core side, right, the core side. They were making it more noise than the core sometimes, sometimes during this game, Brendan, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what it was like to actually be at the game because, you know, just from watching it on TV, it didn't seem like there was, um, you know, like it was that big of a difference um, when we had the ball or when they had the ball as far as, you know, home field advantage. When Army had the ball, the UTSA fans were making a lot of noise, man. Yeah. I don't know if that bothers offensive players. I mean, it's not like Army, you know, had any false starts because of the noise, but dude, that false start in overtime was huge. They had the ball on the four, right? First and goal from the four. Um, I guess Connor Bishop might have snapped the ball or flinched the center because they called it on him, and that backs him up. And then Cade Ballard. That makes a mental mistake, you know? I mean, he says that of all the plays that happened today, he's going to remember that pitch play, that that errant pitch that backed him up even more. And, you know, then you have to sell for a field goal in overtime. And when that happens, your defense has to be on point, you know, when it's your turn up. And UTSA pretty much did what they wanted to do in overtime on offense. I mean, was it two plays, three plays? It wasn't much before they got into the end zone. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it looked like their offense was pretty much rocking after, you know, once that fourth quarter hit. Um, there wasn't a lot of mishaps uh, with UTSA in the in the fourth quarter and then obviously in overtime. I just, you know, um, you know, I thought Ballard had a great game, though, man. I That guy, that guy um, you know, I think they said a couple times on TV, but he's a better runner that a lot of people give him credit for, for being 5'9", 200. Um, if that's actually his, his, uh, you know, height and weight. So, um, you know, I, I think the, the biggest surprise for me though, was, you know, we have probably the longest, uh, interesting stat of a running back, never losing yardage in the history of college football. And then, you know, Buchanan loses yards today on a, uh, for the first time ever in his career. And they were stuffing that dive. I, I think UTSA was like, you know what? We don't care if Bauer to the pitch hits it because we're not letting Buchanan get anything on us. And Buchanan dug for that the for the one touchdown that he had a spin move when it was fourth and goal. Yeah. Like he 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 like had to beg wow. and steal for that for that um for that touchdown on fourth and goal before half. And uh, you know he. 
you know, Buchanan lost, yard, lost I think, a half a yard, or day, or yard or something like that today. First time in his career. So it's just kind of, um, you know, I, I, I think uh, UTSA went with a game plan. Um, and it, it was to stop Buchanan. And for the most part, uh, they did that. Yeah, so 15 carries for 32 yards for yeah, Buchanan. I, I mean, that's not, that's, that's, that's not a recipe for success in the triple option. No, but honestly, even um, I mean, even even with the like, even with UTSA's defense loading up and stuffing the offensive line, I, I didn't really think Jacoby really looked like Jacoby today. So I, I don't know if he's like I don't know if he's nicked up or what, but he just he did not look like himself today. From where I was sitting, but hey, I, I think I think UTSA said, "Hey, you're gonna have to beat us with the pass today." And guess what? Yeah, we we you know. We did not shy away from that. There is nothing about this this offense. There is nothing from uh, the players or coaches that shied away. It's like, okay, fine, you're gonna you're gonna do this. We're just gonna throw it then. And well, I mean, we connected all the way throughout the field. Well, uh, yeah, but in the third quarter, that long drive that they had that they did score a touchdown, it was a more running. And I thought they should have passed more in the second half. I thought I thought they were a little conservative, like when they went those three and outs. Um, I thought. You have Isaiah Austin on the field, and I think he was a little nicked up, regardless if he was nicked up or not. If you're not going to throw to him, they, they threw a jump ball to him, they got a pass interference call, right? I mean, you got to – what are you doing? What are you doing with, with him, even if he is banged up? I mean, their their wide receiver depth is not great right now. Ryan Jakovich is out with an injury. Um I haven't Cam sure had a really good preseason and he hasn't, I don't believe he's stressed the first two games. So he's probably banged up. I mean, it's Cole Catterbone. It's Isaiah Alston and it's, um, Mache Daniel. That's your wide receivers. That's your wide receiver core right now. So use the slot backs, use I John Marshall, use Tyrell Robinson in the passing game, use Brahim Murphy in the passing game. And yes, I had a touchdown pass today, right? But, man, that guy's got to touch the ball more, in my opinion. He's just got to get the ball more. And you can't run these these slot backs on inside zone plays all the time and think that you're going to break one out of every six runs on the inside zone play maybe. I, I don't know, Steve. I just don't – I if they're not giving you the fullback inside at all, and they're what, – what makes you think you're going to break a run with a slot back up the middle? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, I uh... – you know, we have to remember these guys have all the analytics. These guys have all the information they need to make the best play calls in situations, right? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes it just seems like you know it's it's kind of like, man, why are we running inside zone there? Like the inside counter last week did well when we ran the well, counter inside. Last yeah. week, the it, one it run. Well. The one run. He had one run. Right. It was a, but, 70 but, yards, 70 hey, yards, but yeah. Hey, Sal, one run is all we needed today, and there was no fucking overtime. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, you know, we can we can sit here and, and do that, but, man, it's, you know, I, again, I don't think there was ever a point where this game was out of control, right? It was – it just seemed like a couple, you know – you go. You have Broughton go down on the on the game winning play, right? Not having him on the field sucks. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know your your quarterback who's been slicing and dicing all day goes down in the fourth quarter with severe cramps. Goes to the locker room. He comes back out and he's down seven when he was up fourteen when he left. 
Okay, that's that's kind of like yeah, good point. What happened point. there? Yeah, right. You know, so we we lose some of that momentum, and I know Ty here's been there, right? He's been there, done that. He's he's played that position for, but it's it's different when you come in in the fourth quarter, and you know, then when you have a pulse for the game and when you have management of the game. And I just think that's that's what we lost when we lost, um, you know, Ballard today. And, you know, you can say that it's just one player, but, you know, it, he went off the field. And we were up by 14. He came back and we were down by seven. So yeah, he, he, made, he definitely made things happen. I was – Brendan, we were talking about that throw that he threw to Brahe Murphy that – it was originally ruled a touchdown pass. Murphy was down at the one. Man, he just had a great feel on that pass. Um, a guy was bearing in on him. He stood in the pocket. He he threw the ball up there. Murphy grabs it. That was that told you that he he, he gets it in the passing game. He he definitely gets it. That was a play that I was really after that play. I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm sold on Cade Ballard after that play. As far oh as yeah, I mean, mean I I think I think the one. I think the one major positive today is like, to me, to me, you know, if it was my decision, which is not, but if it was my decision, Cade Ballard, your number one uh, quarterback until proven otherwise, um, you know, and it's kind of funny because uh, the, the touchdown pass that, that Tyler threw, I was like, Ooh, man, like, I don't know if I've seen him throw a ball that nice before. It was like, you know, he just had the right amount of touch on it, but then like maybe the next um maybe the next drive for army there was like a little flat route to uh to robinson that ballard threw oh yeah was, and i was just like ooh i don't know if i've ever seen tyler do that and um i don't know i like i i'm going to i'm going to go out on a limb i'm going to go out on a limb and be more than a bit hyperbolic here but um uh, I think, you know, because I've, I've been following Army football since yep. 1999. I think Ballard may be the best passer I've ever seen there. Um, and that includes guys who were recruited to run pro-style offense. As so. far as feel, right, that flat pass that you're talking about is like, I don't think I've ever seen an Army quarterback throw a flat pass like that in my no. time covering the team. With all due respect to everybody that's played the position, right? That just was placed perfectly in the spot. And I'm like, that's almost like a five yard out to a point, but I think Robinson got like nine or ten yards in the first down or something like that. Yeah, I think I think it went for a first down. Yeah, guys, this is a small survey size. Okay, we're talking very small survey size. Uh, so if if, if um, you know we, this is a you know this is the first time we've seen some legit time out of Ballard and and great play, and I, I hope it's more to come. Uh, but good point. You know. You know, a guy a guy can have a great game. I mean, um, you know, and I, I look again. I only want the best out of every player to ever step on the field at Army. You know that that's that means more victories for me as a fan and a, as as an Army football player. Um, but we're talking very small survey size. Um, can't get too excited. Um, just kind of got to got to go back and see. You know, you know these guys are gonna watch the film and and like you said, I mean, look. Ballard, true, true leader, right? He already knows where, you know, probably all of his mistakes were. He already mentioned his the pitch. Um, I, I look, I, I went back and tried to rewatch what uh, Bishop did. I, I don't know if it was like as he came up to the ball, he like adjusted it really quickly, and it made 
the defense was already ready. So they, they like kind of committed before because our linemen weren't even set. Yeah. Our were not even in position when Bishop put his hand on the ball and spun it or or tweaked it or whatever. Um, and it made something happen. It it elicited some kind of movement from the defense to where it was like, all right, hey, that that's right. He was trying to do that. And it's like, dude, like I know I know the refs don't think this way, but it's like five yards against us is way worse than two yards for us when we're on the first and five and goal, right? Yeah. Like we're not trying to we're not trying to inch our way to the goal line. Like we've got four downs from the five, we'll take that um, all day. So yeah. I, 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 just, I didn't see it, and it's uh, but you know, again that you know, um, you know, with Ballard having that much time and coming back, it could have been something that that you know the miscue between the center and the quarterback are, are off the same you know same page. We we just don't know. Um, you guys were at the game, um, so I I just. As a fan, I felt like I was more excited watching the game than I could feel from, like, what I was getting from the stadium. I don't know. So I I think <laughs> I I because I, because I, uh, somebody because I was I was in the upper deck, so I couldn't see the army sideline where most people sit. But apparently, even like a lot of season ticket holders didn't show up for this game, and I think people are starting to figure out that like the early to mid September home games at Mikey can be really hot and like kind of brutal uh, to sit through. So I think a lot of people are just like opting out of that. Um, Frankly, I'd like to see army. I don't know, but I don't know if this is like total sacrilege or whatever, but I wouldn't mind them if, you know, they know the forecast is going to be as hot as it was today. Certainly like maybe switch out to the white jerseys, like keep the gold helmet and gold pants, but at least like give yourself a break with a white jersey, man. <laughs> well, no, I mean you're always you're always the darker team when you're when you're the home team. The I, but it is interesting you say that. Um, you know, I, you know, Army's always a team that travels well. Um, so it just I was just kind of I was yeah, kind of, I don't know. I mean, there were a decent amount of uh, fan, Army fans at Colstal, not an overabundance of fans that of army fans but a good turnout right and today i mean i thought they're probably i don't know what the announced attendance was but if it was more than like twenty-one thousand, i would be shocked and that's like it felt like the stadium was half full and when you hear usa utsa fans saying let's go defense chance over mikey stadium that's not really the best sign in the world you know it's not really the best sign in the world in my opinion i don't know um I, I just had one more thing on the offense, right? And this is me, of course. Uh, I, Sean Marshall, had three catches for 87 yards. How many carries did I, Sean Marshall, have today? Zero. None. Did not carry the ball today. Now, is I, Sean Marshall, going to break out like, um, you know, 50-yard run on his first touch? No, but it would be, it would have been nice. I guess um, uh, Tyrell Robinson was the only slot back to take a handoff, uh, take a handoff today. For Army, um, special teams, Steve. We talked about it earlier. Man, that punt return that went wrong is just—you just cannot have it. You yeah, just I mean, cannot have it. Man. Now, I—I I know the defense was on the field a lot today, but you know it's a third, a third, and a third. There's usually, you know, somewhere around the same amount of plays on offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, 
counting punt, punt return, kick return, kickoff, um, field goal, right? I mean, you, you tally all those up, it's usually a third, a third, a third. Um, and yeah, I mean, that I think the biggest thing that the that uh, changes things is the momentum. When there's a huge play on special teams, yeah, momentum shifts incredibly. Um, having been on a punt team that's had a punt blocked at Army Navy, like in Raven Stadium, like I've been on that and I've I have felt the air gets sucked out of some momentum and been like, oh God, I I you know I have done I have done felt this. So um but to your you know back to your point, Sal, about um um I'm sorry, um not Robinson. Um who didn't get carries today? Uh Marshall, Ijon Marshall. Mar- Marshall. How many you know at, you know with a read offense, right? Right, like it has yeah. to be a read that he gets the ball in a lot of those in a lot of those circumstances. Correct? Yes. It could have just been part of the part of the scheme. All right. I understand that you can call counters and you can call handoffs to get the slot back to the ball. But if we're running toss on play, offense, call toss play, man. You could call toss play for sure, for sure. I don't. I don't. I um, honestly, I don't remember how much. I didn't see us on the perimeter very much. Um, toss play triple like the pit on the pitch either. You know, um, I no. I mean they they used to they used to run like a you know a motion into a toss like all all the time. Like if you go back to like 16, oh, yeah. 17, 18, it was a staple of the offense and it, it just yeah. seems to have gone out of favor. Yeah, yeah. Almost like the almost like the jet sweep but a jet toss. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. You're, you're absolutely right. I, but yeah. Yeah. Tyre did Tyre did stand in there and take a hit and toss it to Robinson, I believe, yeah. on one pitch play. Yeah. I think they had – and that went for a decent gain. Robinson made something out of it. Get the ball in the hands of your playmakers, man. That's all I'm saying. You can yeah. run fullback – they only ran the fullback 17 times today, which is not that much. That's I, I think it was the exact number against Coastal, believe it or not, 17 to 19 times a game. Um, get it on – Quarterbacks ran a little bit more today, but get the ball in the hands of your playmakers, man. I, I don't know. It's when you put thirty-eight points up, nitpicking on offense. That's I guess that's me. You know, and I, I'm a defensive guy, Sal. So when when if my if my offense is getting me thirty-eight, right, and I'm a defensive guy, and we have an L after that, I mean, I'm I, I'm going to say the offense did just fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they put up enough points. They just couldn't stop Frank Harris. And um, nope. man, I mean, look, it wasn't as bad as the Wake Forest game last year. That was the most incredible. That was yeah. like the, the biggest shootout. But this was a shootout. I mean, um, it was a lot of it was a lot of you know, a lot uh, of left and rights today. Uh, shootout. I don't know, man. I mean, it seemed like um, Frank Harris was kind of slicing and dicing a little bit too. But they were doing those. Um, they were giving the running back Brady some carries too. They were sneaking him in up the middle and they couldn't tackle him half the time. You know, runs through right the middle of the defense. And I don't know. This is, you know, I, I do think that Army has to settle down with a starting 11 on defense. I mean, to rotate three different players at a linebacker position during the game, not because of injury, just to see who's going to be the quote hot hand, so to speak. Can you, Steve, can you have a hot hand at linebacker? I don't know, man. You, I, I, you know, is it Calvin Crumby? Is it um, 
Peyton Hampton? Is it Spencer Jones? No, I mean, look, it, it's tough. Look, to get a feel for to get a feel for the game, it takes reps. It takes it takes being there. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, I used to hate when you know Coach Shadot used to pull me for a series just because he thought I needed a break because I would feel like I'm missing something that the next series that could that could help me go. But um, you know. I, they don't have Eric Smith this year. They just don't have Eric Smith. And Eric Smith doesn't come around too often, man. I'll I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Um, they don't have Nolan Cockrell this year. You know, they're playing three, two or three different guys. Look, I get it. But, like, if all of them are, you know, making mistakes during practice and all of them are playing okay at practice, right, like, you got to see who's going to make the plays during the game. And there's only one way to do that, and that's put them in the game. Yeah. Because I, if, if, there's no, if there's no lead guy – if there's no guy that's like, no shit, this is my dude, mm -hmm. right? And you've got to give these guys opportunities to see who is the dude. Who's the guy mm -hmm. that's going to show up on Saturday? Because if all of them are making mistakes or if, or if all of them are, you know, doing well, right, you got to see who's going to do well on Saturday. And, and I get it. Yes, it's very hard to play five plays here and then 10 minutes later play five plays there. Yeah. And then three series later play five plays there. Or, you know, you get a three and out, and then you only get three plays versus the guy that just did a 10-play drive. It's 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 very difficult to get a feel for the game. But, I look, this coaching staff has, you know, has, has to me, has won my respect in the fact that, look, I, I, I know they know what they're doing. We've had a couple tough games here, right, with Coastal and, and UTSA. But neither of these teams – all right, were are teams that you play in the beginning of the year to get you your first two wins. I mean, these two teams are legit. Yeah. So I, I would not be surprised if both these teams win bowl games this year. Oh, they're they're pretty good. Even though Coastal was struggling with Gardner Webb today, Gardner Webb it was twenty four twenty in the second half. Coastal, they were, Gardner Webb. So I, I don't I don't know what was in the water today. There were a lot of FBS teams struggling with FCS teams today. So I, I guess were, I guess I guess it could be I guess our our you know our own two could definitely be a lot worse. Guess what I had the honor of tonight doing? Listening to the the same uh, uh, broadcasting group that brought us Army and Coastal Carolina, uh, the same tandem that brought us that last week, and I heard the um, the running bulldogs of Gardner Webb like a hundred times during the broadcast. He kept on calling them the running bulldogs of Gardner oh Webb, gosh. and it was driving me like. Oh, we're watching it as a family, and I'm like, "Come on, man!" Um, yeah, that, oh, yeah. That <laughs> I mean, the, just, the announcement team. The announcement team for last week was was that's your B team. We we <laughs> minimized. I'm yeah. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get some tape out. I think I'm gonna have to get some tape for next college football season, man. Right. I don't know, man. Um, if you guys are watching right now, you have any questions? Throw. We're gonna wrap this up in a few minutes. If you want to throw throw it our way, um. I just a couple things I wanted to point out on defensive side. I thought that well, Andre Carter got his first sacks of the season this uh, in this game. He had two and a half, I believe, officially. Um, Cam Cam O'Gara, uh, one of those linebackers playing on the inside, had his first career sack um, in the first quarter, I believe. Um, Darius Darius Richardson at nose, I thought made a couple plays behind the line today, and Austin Hill, I thought played. Had some had had some moments on on the defensive line today. I'm just trying to highlight some deep 
the de defensive side of the ball, even though you give up 41, Steve. You know, there were some some bright spots and there were some good plays. It's just not enough, you know, not enough apparently. So well, you know, we you talk about it that, you know, from the beginning of time, turnover battle matters. Mm. Okay. The turnover battle matters not just in field position, not just in uh momentum, but in just the course of the game, you know, you gotta be able to get turnovers. Um yeah. you know, just you know, that's just what you pride yourself on as a defense. Like taking the ball away from an offense is just something that that's what that's what you do on defense. It's something that you love to do. And it's it's something that, um, you know, just something that hasn't happened yet. And, uh, you know, we're, we'll find it. It just, you know, wow. it, it, it you know, you think about I mean, think about it. If we have that turnover today. Right. The game never goes to overtime. You know, theoretically, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Same. You, you can do all those all you want. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know what? Too. Uh, Mar Marquette was coached uh, close to a couple picks earlier in the game, right? He had a couple pass breakups, and he was he. It seemed like he was getting a feel of Frank Harris and read, like you said, reading them a little bit, Steve. And maybe in that second quarter where he didn't play much, maybe if he would have got, maybe if he was in the game, maybe something would have happened. By the way, Coastal beat Gardner-Webb 31-27 tonight. So they were in a battle. So uh, th those running Bulldogs put up a fight, no doubt, at, uh, at Conway tonight. Um, hey, I was, Post-Army post hangover. <laughs> good call. Good call, Brandon. Good call. Um, any final thoughts, guys, on this game? I'm going to put a wrap on it. Villanova next week will not be easy. Coach Munkin said they're – they're like a top five team in FCS. Um, they're they're pretty. They're going after recruiting uh, recruits that Army goes after, and sometimes get them over Army. So um, we'll we'll see. That's not going to be easy next week. No, no. It's, it, it, you know, and look, our guys will be ready. I think uh, the hunger's there, the desire's there. There's just been, you know, just ha hasn't been you know the formula for success yet, but. Um, let's not, let's not break the glass just yet. Um, and let's beat Villanova. No doubt. Brendan, you have, uh, we have uh, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of alluded to this, but you know, this week, like make, make Cade the number one QB, give him all the first team reps and, um, you make sure he's well hydrated as well and, uh, see what happens against Villanova, you know, and then, and then you got to buy after that. It's a good, you know. It's a good. It's a good couple of weeks to work on yourself. So, uh, yeah, we'll just see what happens going forward. Yeah, I thought this would be a good bounce back uh, game for Army after Coastal. They were playing at home. Like I said, first home they had won six straight home openers, thirty-two and five since two thousand sixteen at Mikey Stadium before today. And hey, UTSA, give them credit. They were a good team. They finished this game strong. They had some answers. Army didn't. And uh, the Black Knights lose 41-38 in overtime. So we appreciate you guys watching our recap podcast. Check out our YouTube channel. Steve, 495 subscribers. We're five away from 500. Let's uh, let's get that done. Uh, like this podcast. Check out our Instagram, uh, Black Knight Nation um, Instagram, um, Black Knight Nation Twitter, and uh, my personal um, my personal Twitter. I'm at 8,500 followers. So I really appreciate all you guys taking a like to the black Knight nation and we'll be back. Um, Steve, we gotta get, we gotta get a podcast, um, guest, um, going soon. We gotta figure that out. You know, um, we're, 
there was talk of maybe getting a coach um, tomorrow night, but not after a loss. I can't imagine like um, army coaches are opening up their schedule on a Sunday night after a loss to, to come on the Black Knight Nation podcast. You know, I don't so. want to talk to anybody at this point. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we'll wrap it up. Thanks again, guys. Uh, Steve and Brendan, appreciate you guys hopping on. And uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be back soon with another edition. Have a good night. All right. Good night. See you, man.